Oh, yeah, college football provided one major pumped-up, roughed-up. C.J. Stroud, how do we see you on Locked on NFL Draft? Let's go. You are Locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Locked On NFL Draft. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, John Harris coming at you. That's my man, former NFL AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. You see him with the hat forwards. My man, Ryan Tracy, Rogue Analytics. You see with the hat backwards. And you see me in my beautiful quaff of hair, uh, now 50 years running and hopefully never going to lose one hair on this head. We appreciate you guys for being here for today's episode. That is brought to you by Prize Picks. Today's episode is is presented by Price Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $200 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, gentlemen, I'm just going to throw it out there. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Pumped up, roughed up, not Ohio State, but Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud. I think this is a little bit more complicated than maybe it seemed, but pumped up, roughed up CJ Stroud from Saturday against Michigan. I think it's borderline. You could take you could take an image either way. It's right there on the edge. Did, did he did he process well enough? Man, there's some questions there. Did he deliver the ball well? I thought it came out like it usually does. I didn't see any slowness there. I thought there was some hesitation, and we know he's not like the running quarterback that maybe DTR can be or certainly Anthony Richardson can be, but there were opportunities that I felt to use his legs to move the sticks, get another set of downs, that I thought he missed some opportunities there. So, again, it just comes to the decision-making. I think Michigan did a good job of giving him things that he didn't recognize, and it just took a little bit longer to process through. I'd say he's right on the borderline. This one was a tough one, Eric, just from the standpoint of you lose by 22. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. He's the guy driving the bus. He threw a couple of dimes. I mean, the one he threw to Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first half. I mean, that was a dime. I mean, it was just a beautiful throw. But then he made the decision when it was 38-23. He kind of flipped it forward his running back. It gets picked off. That was a bad decision. But I felt like his ball placement accuracy was pretty solid. Eric, what do you think when you rewatched that game of C.J. Stroud against Michigan? I think there's a couple ways to kind of view this, right? And I think most people, when you just watch the game, as did I, you watch it and you just see things happen. Oh, man, interception. You see a ball later in the game, you know, after the the flipping forward interception, he threw another interception, uh, trying to layer a pass over the middle to the tight end. It goes off his hands, ends up getting intercepted. You look at the box score, you see multiple interceptions, only two touchdown passes. Not ideal, especially for a Heisman candidate. So I think his biggest loss that he had in that game, aside from just Ohio State losing, was probably you're probably not going to win the Heisman trophy and might go to that guy over at USC, Caleb Williams. All right, but as a prospect, right, and again, I had to rewatch it so I could take a step back as a football fan because, again, you watch the game as a football fan, that's different than watching the game and evaluating someone as a prospect. When I looked at it through the eyes of, hey, I'm a scout, and I'm looking to see, is this a quarterback that can fit at the next level? Is he doing the things that I want to see translate? Oh, I was blown away. 
of him as a prospect. You talked about the throw down the field to Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. down the right sideline. That wasn't even his best throw. He yep. had a, a throw kind of off of his back leg, a layered throw uh, on a corner route. The timing was perfect. The anticipation was perfect. The throw was perfect. I talked about the second interception he threw. But again, just the difficult attempt of a throw, which some people shy away from that, especially when you're in an offense where things tend to be a little bit more wide open, a little bit easier kind of set up for you. But he didn't shy away from the difficult throws. He tried to layer it over a linebacker that was in a slight trail, but also get the ball uh, to the tight end before the safeties convert. So he had to throw more of a two ball. All right, and you got your one ball, which is a fastball. You have your three ball, which is probably like your fade goal route, which he throws that extremely well. And then you have the two ball, which is kind of hard with an arc. I thought he made a terrific throw. It it maybe could have got down a little bit more, but maybe not, depending on because of how the linebacker was covering it. And ended up going off a guy's hands to get picked. But I liked the throw. I liked the attempt. Uh, I saw other times where he was throwing the ball in a tight coverage and he wasn't shying away from attempting those NFL type throws. NFL the, the windows shrink extremely fast. Guys aren't going to just be wide open like they are in college. So are you even attempting those? He was not shying away from that. Threw a beautiful ball in the corner of the end zone where his tight end had it in his hands, and then the DB made a terrific play punching the ball out, right? There were just throws after throws that I feel like won't really show how well I thought he played as a prospect. The arm strength was there. The NFL throws were there. The touch passes were there. The far hash throws. I thought he was really good in the quick game, especially early on, understanding where he had to go, getting the ball out of his hands now. The footwork was good. I was very impressed. And this was probably my first time truly watching him as a prospect. I watch him. I have takeaways. I've seen those things. But as a prospect and how his game translates to the next level, I can't, I walked away more impressed when I went to uh, do the rewatch than I thought I would have been. Yeah, I think – and I, I've been a big fan of his – his ball placement accuracy for a while. I thought his deep ball placement and his accuracy um, have been very, very good. I read somebody uh, made a comment somewhere. I can't remember where I read it or heard it talking about, man, that's not even close. His ball placement accuracy. I'm like, are you kidding me? You haven't been watching this guy. This guy can't make those throws. The, The throw that you pointed out, Eric, I can't remember if you put it on Twitter or you just mentioned it. And I went back and I watched it too. The interception, I think it was the second interception. Up, up the seam to the tight end. Right. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was as impressive a throw as I saw anybody really make in the college game uh, throughout the weekend and throughout the last few weeks, honestly. I mean, that throw, it's – I mean, the only other guy I can think of that made a throw where I went, whoa, was Michael Penix against Oregon. That throw in the two-hole um, against Oregon where he beats the safety and gets it over Christian Gonzalez's head was I'm like, what did he just do from the far right hash to the left sideline? I mean, it was a laser shot. And that was, it was on par with that because it was the perfect, as you call it a two ball throw because it is, Oh, I'm watching it. I'm like, man, is that going to get over? Oh my God, that got over linebacker. He's going to get this to him. And then of course, this guy gets a hand on it. Can't catch it. And it ends up being interception, which is unfortunate. So I think in going back and doing the same, when I saw that you rewatched, I went back and I rewatched the second half because I saw the first half, uh, on the plane as we were getting ready to go to Miami. And I watched the second half where I thought, man, this is this is much more impressive diving into it as opposed to what seemingly the numbers said. And yet, and yet, you'll hear many that'll say, well, I lost to Michigan by 22 points. Now, I don't think that Stroud has looked that way all year. Notre Dame really gave him fits because, to Ryan's point, they showed him some different things. And I don't think he adapted as much as he wanted to. 
um, and as well as he probably should have in that game. But the throws that he made that Michigan game, boy, if, if his guys come up with a few plays, the only thing that bothered me, I think, even more was Ryan Day not showing the trust in his quarterback on fourth and four, I think, in the end of the third quarter. And he decides to punt it instead of go for it. And I'm like, you got C.J. Stroud, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta let that go. I mean, he's got he's throwing to Marvin Harrison. He's throwing to uh, Emeka Buka. He's got some dudes. Let him let him throw it. Let him absolutely throw it. But he did not. Michigan takes the win. Ohio State takes the loss. And now we could see Penix and Stroud go one on one, seemingly in the Rose Bowl. We'll see how that all pans out in due time. Now, one guy who rose up again, I think deserves to be talked about again. And I'm going to keep banging the gavel. For Spencer Rattler, I know I'm crazy, but we're going to do that next on Locked On NFL Draft. But we have talked first about Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that you are going to love. Block forever. See, you give offensive linemen a radio mic, and they're going to go on for a long time. They won't talk to you while they're playing. But then you give them a podcast, and it's just da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, former NFL Pro Center Ryan Khalil has put together Block Forever at Audible. He takes the conversation about football to the next level. You'll hear Christian McCaffrey talk about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football. And Juju Smith-Schuster gives Khalil his most honest opinions on other players and positions in the league. Wow, look out, Locked On Chiefs. New episodes of Block Forever. Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday night football. Available for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcast. Kiss Block Forever series available anywhere you get your podcast. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. Like, thank you for making Lockdown NFL Draft your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes, with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, boys, talk me off the ledge. Spencer Rattler is a legit, legit NFL prospect that teams are going to regret passing. Ryan Tracy, tell me I'm crazy. You're not certifiable. Okay. All right. But, I mean, a little Xanax might help. I don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> you got to remember, this, this is two weeks. These are two key weeks. And these are two yeah. big wins and two big performances. But it is just two weeks. What does that say about his overall season? Obviously, transfer, new program, new set of teammates. There should have been an adjustment period. Should it have taken to this point? I don't think so. So, while... I never said that he shouldn't be drafted. I still believe he should be drafted. This doesn't change a whole lot for me in terms of making him into the top 100. He's still a developmental player in my book. He's a day three prospect as far as I can tell. I don't see anything that's changed my mind. You tell me why it should be. <laughs> arm talent, arm acumen. Here's the, here's the deal. I And this is where I struggle. Is he a top 100 player? If he is, he's somewhere between 90 to 100. He's a 3-4 for me. But... Could he be the type of prospect that some team says, you know what, we've got this starting quarterback. And, you know, maybe he's a young guy or maybe he's just starting to establish himself. We're not totally sure, but we feel like we're moving in the right direction with him. Like the New York Giants, for example. And I don't even know what the Giants are going to do at quarterback. But Brian Dable working with Spencer Rather, could that work? Could that turn him into something down the road? I don't know. I, I'm with Ryan. I'm with you. I, I do think he is an early day three guy, but I think he's a very intriguing day three prospect. And I want to be there for every single one of his combine interviews. Eric, your thoughts, Spencer Rattler. Tell me I'm crazy. 
I don't think you're crazy from a talent perspective. And we talked about him last week, and, and I think a, a lot remains the same. How he plays, that's awesome. And we want to see him kind of stack back-to-back games. He threw a couple of interceptions, but overall, I mean, you go out there, South Carolina, and you beat Clemson, and you are definitely the far superior prospect on the field as a quarterback than DJ. Oh, oh. my gosh, that was an ugly oh. game for him, right? So you look better than him. And that's awesome. Might have made you a little bit of money there. All right, but my biggest questions with him aren't even so much the on-field thing. It will con- continue to be off-field. And I wish I was able to have a conversation with him, you know, just talk to him, pick his brain a little bit. Truly, and not the, I don't want the fake fluff stuff. I, I want to know the real you. Who are you as a person? Who am I taking as a quarterback? Because, again, a lot of things that we saw from QBU or QB1, not great with the personality. And I just remember specifically him calling out his teammates. Oh, you suck because they're in the challenge and he's losing to this other quarterback because of the weapons and he just puts down his teammates, right? Like that's who he was. He goes to Oklahoma, ends up getting bitch for Caleb Williams. Obviously, Caleb Williams, he looks legit. So I get it. But you're the guy. You're the guy that's supposed to be number one overall pick. And you left. You had to leave. You had to transfer. He had to transfer even with Caleb Williams and everybody else leaving. He still had to get up out of there. Right, and then now you see him here. It's taking him a little while. I- I'll give him a pass for the adjustment period. And on field, it looks good. We've always known he had the talent. His decision making on field was terrible, and he had to improve there. I think he's making plays. He's doing the things we know he can do from a talent perspective. But the biggest question will continue to remain: Who is he off of the field? If I go and I hand him money, or I hand him the keys to an organization, how will he handle that? I like the thoughts of him just ha- being. Uh, a late a day three pick and okay go to a, a team if you make it great if you don't oh well okay we didn't invest a whole lot in you I think that would probably be the best scenario for him so you could see him how does he prepare how does he learn and if he ends up living up to the talent that he has then you feel a lot more better about it and you might have a steal but right now it's going to continue to be the personal uh who he is as a player how he's going to prepare how is he going to be with his teammates because NFL Man, you come in there with that smug attitude with those monsters, they are not having that. <laughs> they're already kicking Zach Wilson out, all right? Like yep, they, right. They, They're kicking him out. They, they will do the same to, to Spencer Rattler. Ryan, you were going to say something. Let, let me give you another scenario because as I look, he's got another year of eligibility, right? Right now, you might be the seventh, the eighth, maybe the twelfth quarterback in this class. You want to make your mark? You want to get back to the 2021 when we all had him at the top of the list? You want to go get revenge for the guy who beat you out at Oklahoma? Because there's Caleb. There's Drake. What's beyond that? Can you see yourself instantly put into the third position in the 23 class if you go back and take what you've done these last two weeks and expand it and take control of this team? Could you rehabilitate yourself back into a top three selection of the quarterback spot? I think it might be worth exploring. You, you just said it. Drake May, Caleb Williams. Beyond that, Jackson Dart, Ole Miss. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Texas. No, he did not have a great second half of the season. Uh, those two pop up for sure. I don't even want to throw in J.J. McCarthy because I don't even know J.J. McCarthy is a quality quarterback yet. He's a really good athlete, but I don't think he's a quality quarterback yet. But that's where he made Spencer big, made some big throws against. Uh, he did. Ohio I'm not going to take that away from him, mm-hmm. but he's he's come a long way as a passer. I think maybe another year McCarthy would be a guy to, to potentially look at. He's still more athlete than quarterback, but he's starting to evolve. As he started the season, he was only athlete. There was really no quarterback there. 
but you're starting to see it evolve, which makes me think McCarthy could get in that mix too. So as we look at those names, and then you think about what's beyond CJ and Bryce this year, you go, all right, um, DJ flamed out. You got Penix at Washington. You know, Hendon Hooker's got an ACL. Uh, It's Levis. Yeah, Levis. I mean, so, I mean, does he have a better shot of being the number three quarterback in that or – or, or this year, but if he did, if he goes back and he has this couple of games extended over a twelve game season, I think he's got a better opportunity to be two, three, four in that group than he does three, four, five in this group based on a couple of games and whatever happens at a bowl game if he plays in it or not. But he's just such a fascinating prospect. I would I would kill to be in that combine interview. Whatever combine interview, I would kill to be in that combine interview to just hear what the scouts what the coaches and what the organizations want to know from him. And I was talking to a buddy of mine today, and I said, he'll ace the press conference. Like, he'll ace the press conference. He'll nail that. I have a feeling he'll go up there and he'll be polished. and he'll, He's a smart dude. He'll kill that. But behind closed doors, where it gets raw and real fast, I mean, real-world NFL combines a whole lot tougher than real-world New York. That's for sure. So I would much rather be there for those interviews. But – we won't, and we'll see what happens with Spencer with Spencer Rattler down the road. All right, the regular season's over in college football. Most of these guys are done. There's still a few more that have got some games to play. It is time for a prospect either or. We've done it before, but now we're going position by position. That's next on Locked On NFL Draft. But how can you not love prize picks? Daily fantasy made easy. Now, I know a lot of people that are in my world – that love to dabble they're always asking about point spreads and things like that that's one game one weekend maybe a couple games couple weekends with price picks you can pick players from any sport all the time all you've got to do is pick two to five players and like i said a multitude of sports golf college football women's college basketball esports if you want to get involved on cricket you can get involved on cricket and all you got to do is pick two to five players and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection and you pick it right, you can win up to 10 times your money in any entry. You don't compete against other people. It's just you versus projections. If Spencer Rattler is supposed to throw for 250 against Clemson and you said more, bang, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. Deposit $100, price fix will give you $100. Deposit $50, price fix will give you $50. Deposit $500, you'll get $100, but you still get a great gift from Price Picks. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. It's Price Picks. All right, boys, regular season's over. So I think we can safely... Do some either-ors, and they won't be easy, I don't think. But it's pretty simple. Top prospect at each position right now. Start at quarterback. We've asked this one before. See if anything has changed. Ryan Tracy, we'll stay with you. Either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who is QB1. I've flipped back and forth a couple of times so far this season. I'm sure when I get the All-22 dug out. It'll do it again. But right now, it's Bryce Young. It's still very, very close. It's not necessarily about CJ's last performance. 
I just feel like in the game situations that I need him to pull something out of his hat and raise the level play around him, it's Bryce Young that's got the slight edge. Eric Crocker, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Who is QB1? Aura. You know, I go back and forth with this one just like Ryan. And I'd say I, I know a little bit more what I'm getting from Bryce Young. I feel like just from a consistency standpoint, I think the floor is just higher. I like his playmaking ability. I like the fact that he can, you know, if all else fails, he can rely a little bit more on his legs and what we see him from C.J. Stroud. And even then, you know, Bryce Young's a guy who's looking to run to throw the ball, not run just to take off. And I like that because he, when he does take off, he can definitely pick up yards. And I think that's big. We watch guys like Patrick Mahomes. Just watch him the other night. What's he doing? Taking off. I mean, those are back-breaking plays when you have a quarterback that can scramble for 15 yards, 20 yards on third-down situations. I think Bryce Young gives you that as well as still accuracy, uh, ability to put the ball down the field. Uh, I think his decision-making is really good. So just a little bit more consistency from Bryce Young. I'm going to go with him. All right, Eric, we'll go with you. Either Quentin Johnston of TCU or – USC Jordan Addison, who's wide receiver one right now? Well, I know a lot of people are going with Quentin Johnston and riding that train, but I'm still going to go with Jordan Addison. I think heading into the season, had him as a top three uh, prospect coming out. I still uh, believe that. We're talking about a guy who just won the Blitnikoff Award a year ago. I think this year he's kind of dealt with kind of being dinged up a little bit, in and out of lineup, maybe a little bit more than you would ideally like. But, you know, he continues to really be able to be a smooth Route runner, uh, good hands, really good body control, just so much good. And we've seen it two years in a row now. So I'm going to go with him as opposed to a guy who's breaking out in his senior year. And Johnston's been terrific. Johnston's doing a really good job. He has a size. He has ability. People think he's going to run well. But give me the guy that's been doing it for multiple years as opposed to over the last six games. Ryan Tracy, either Quentin Johnston who I don't need to remind you had a great game against Kansas, one of his what? best games of his career. Or USC's Jordan Addison, who's wide receiver one right now. I have to agree with Eric Crocker. It's really not close to me because, not just breakout age, which I know Eric tracks very well, but it's about the fact that I need to be able to have somebody I can plug into any position, at least three spots in the 11 personnel packages. I feel like Addison can do that tomorrow. Much like we saw with Olave come through this season in the league as a rookie, I feel like Addison can be making, a, if not even a smoother adjustment, at least at that level. I am not sold otherwise. So I'm going to leave Addison at the top right now. And, and when Man. we say bre- breakout for Quentin Johnston, he, he did well, you know, for a couple of years. It, it wasn't like he was just, oh, I'm just really bad and he just can't play. It was solid, like the yards per catch, like those things were up, the explosive plays. I think we're seeing a higher level of it this year. And maybe that's what you want, like, right? A guy that just continues to get better each year. But even then, I'd still lean it, between those two guys. I'm leaning more towards Addison. So I just want to, I don't want to come off as disrespectful towards uh, Johnston. I think he's, he's going to be a legit prospect. I'm gonna take. And the he's gonna be. Show. I think he's gonna be a lot of guys wide receiver one as well. Yeah, he, he's mine. He's mine right now. It's close. It's like one A one B. But I'm gonna take the freak show. that's Quentin Johnston uh, and give him to a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence and see what Lawrence can do with him. I mean, quarter, no offense to Max Duggan. Max Duggan might get to the NFL, but you put Johnston with a guy like Trevor Lawrence with deep ball arm. Ooh, that could be scary down at Jacksonville. In fact, I don't even want to think about that. All right, let's go RB one. Ryan Tracy, either Bijan Robinson or the field, meaning you get any other running back other than Bijan, who is RB1? 
I think when you put it all together and you understand that this, this is not going to be the Texans pick, it's not going to be super high. I think it's going to be a mid-tier team that needs to add an arsenal to their offense. I think what we see from B. John Robinson is that he can do a little bit of everything. He can fit into multiple offenses. Whereas I, I like Gibbs. I think he's in. I like Charbonnet a lot. I personally would grab him a round or two later, which I think is probably in the realm of possibility. I, I don't think it's t- terribly close, honestly. In the eyes of the NFL evaluators, it's got to be Robinson. It's, it's not a question. Eric Crocker. Is Ryan dead on? Is it Bijan Robinson or the field as RB1? Bijan Robinson, but y'all know I love watching Zach Charbonnet and everything that he's been doing. I think he's making a push. And I think, you know, when the season started, we're talking about a two man race between Gibbs and Bijan. But I think right now, Charbonnet, with how he run every single week, uh, he's definitely kind of throwing his name in that ring. I just don't want to see Gibbs in like New England or someplace like that. I just that would just scare me. He All will right. have a hundred catches if he goes to New England. I know that scares me. And by the way, this is just a shirt, so I'm not a big Bruins fan, but I just wanted to wear the shirt. Uh, tight end one, Michael Mayer of Notre Dame or the field, Eric Crocker. We saw 87, a pretty solid game against USC. Guy's scary. Is he baby Gronk? Is he the next Kelsey? Is he tight end one or the field? He is tight end one, and he's kind of this wide-built guy. We've seen these, like, legit pass-catching uh, rece- uh, tight ends that they look like receivers but maybe just added, you know, 10, 15 pounds. He's much bigger than those guys. I, if I had to guess, he's like, what, 265, 270? Kind of more of a wide body, man, but he knows how to get open. He catches the body extremely well, really utilizes his hands to catch a ball away from his body. Uh, his his hand-eye uh, coordination Next level, I think he does a terrific job with that. Uh, it's been fun really watching him. And you see the records he's breaking that Notre Dame. They've had some good tight ends. He's breaking those guys' records. Uh, he's doing a really good job. It's, it's been exciting to kind of see how he's done throughout this year. But, yeah, 100%, that's tight end one. He's got a wide tight end body and F tight end skills. And you could even go all the way to wide receiver skills. He's, I think he is a great mix. Ryan Tracy, you agree. Michael Mayer or the field at TE1? He's not Travis Kelsey, and he's not Gronkowski. If you're going to make a comparison, I would say, like you said, with with the skill set varying from his body type, maybe Greg Olson's the most apt. Maybe not the most explosive guy, but a guy who can do it all. He is easily TE1. It's just where does that comparison come in, and what's the value for him? I My comparison was TJ Hawkinson. That was, the, that was the comparison that I came up with. All right, I know we haven't gone into the trenches all that much. This might just be a kind of a gut feel Offensive tackle one. We know that Olaf Ashanu from Penn State decided on Monday to go back to Penn State. So you got Paris Johnson Jr. at Ohio State or Peter Skaronsky at Northwestern. I know we don't talk a lot of trenches, but we will. There's no doubt because I'll definitely dive into the trenches. Ryan Tracy, you taking the Buckeye? You taking the Wildcat? Johnson or Skaronsky? I think right now Paris Johnson has done what he needs to do to stay out there in the front. I think that you showed last week he can deal with multiple types of pressure, multiple rushers coming at him. I think right now Paris Johnson is still number one. Croc, Skaronsky or Johnson? Johnson and Skaronsky. Johnson's been my guy. So huh. until we really, you know, dive into the film to that extent, again, we've watched these guys. We watch them on Saturdays. We see how they play. We look at matchups. We watch how they do in that. But when we start to really dig in and evaluate them as a prospect, right now I have Johnson up there. We'll see if that continues throughout this process. All right, Eric Crocker. Clemson D-line one. 
Which of the Clemson Tigers? DJ Uagalele. No, I'm joking, no. but go ahead. Defensive. <laughs> Wait, he's only built like one. Yeah. He, he, he might need to go put his hand in the dirt. He, he might eventually. Either Miles Murphy or Brian Brousset. Eric Crocker, which one you taking? One interior, one outside. Which one do you want? You know, the, the edge rushers, you know, typically those are the guys you lean towards, man. But I like Brousset. Playing in that middle, I like what he does. He plays with a nice, good, strong anchor. You see the adversity he's had to go through this year, and, and that's yep. tough. I don't wish that on anyone. But how he's responded, you know, that shows a lot about kind of his character and, and, and the player that he is. So uh, I have to go with the big guy in the middle. And there is an advantage there as well. Everybody thinks about guys that are rush off that edge and dip that shoulder and get in there. But, man, it's really cool to have a guy in that interior that can really push the pocket and get pressure right into a quarterback's face and make him have to move off of his spot. I've talked to enough NFL quarterbacks over the years. If you ask them, it's that interior guy that bothers the heck out of them. They hate that guy, and Brisset is that guy. Ryan Tracy, Murphy or Brisset? I I think for consistency's sake, for the ability to always affect the quarterback, not just on a given down, I think you have to go with Murphy because I think he's more consistently in the face. He's coming off the ball. He can do a few more things. I don't know why you drop him, but I do see him do that from time to time. But Brissett's a quality player. I just think that Murphy gives you a little bit more at, say, you know, selection eight or whatever we're talking about. All right, this is the Eric Crocker special. CB1, either, and Eric, you go first. South Carolina's Cam Smith, Penn State's Joey Porter Jr., or Oregon's Christian Gonzalez, who is CB1 right now, Eric Crocker. Porter is one of the guys that, you know, comes to mind first for sure. But, man, Chris Gonzalez and what he's done, he just has been a tremendous playmaker over the last, really, month. I mean, he's taken his game to the next level. It's a guy that played at a bad organization with Colorado who just offered Deion Sanders a job. We'll see if he takes it. But uh, Chris Gonzalez coming over, man, and uh, good bloodlines, his sister, track star. You see some of that track speed with him when he's on the field. Big body, 6'2", 200 pounds, very fluid, very heady. I'd say right now, he's probably probably penciled in at CB1 right now. Ryan Tracy, Cam, Joey, Christian, CB1 is? If I'm a heavy zone guy, maybe i change this, but I have to agree with Eric. I think Gonzalez has shown, especially in the rise last month, now I always take one-year wonders is a little bit nerve-wracking, but I think he can do all of it, whereas I think Folks are going to want to put Porter in something he's more comfortable with, maybe. And maybe that's going to be zone heavier. I think everybody can make a turnaround. Right now, I think it's Gonzalez. I know y'all don't mean this this way, but don't sleep on Cam Smith. That dude's a baller. He is gritty. He's grimy. I I like me some Cam Smith. I didn't bring up Kaylee Ringo, uh, the poor man Stephon Gilmore. But Cam Smith, South Carolina, I think you'll like him when you dive into that tape. But those three – Man, I take all three of those guys right now. We'd shut down somebody in the NFL. But you won't shut us down, and you won't shut us up right here on Locked On NFL Draft. We appreciate you guys for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Day podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. For Eric, for Ryan, I'm John. We got more for you the rest of the week right here. Keep it locked on Locked On NFL Draft. Let's go.